1: come
2: on boys
3: boom the boys are back and it's time for a another live show the live show that almost didn't happen uh you know we're still going very strong on our consecutive weeks streak for the live show uh it should be a fun one Uh, Despite uh, two very frustrating losses from the K-State men's basketball team, I think we can still have a little bit of fun tonight. We'll talk about that men's basketball team uh, in their two-game losing streak. Uh, Yeah, two-game losing streak and what? One win out of the last five. Uh, Not good times. The vibes are not great. Uh, But, hey, it's all right. Things happen uh we'll talk about Colin Klein deciding to stay with Kansas State instead of going to Notre Dame. Uh it's the day after Valentine's Day so we're going to hand out some valentines to our favorite K-State athletes. Uh men's basketball, football and non-revenue. So uh we're going to go go deep with it. And then if we have time we will go wild card Uh, I'll come up with some random question to end the show if we have a little bit of time before we get into it. As always, we are sponsored by the greatest craft brewery in the entire state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, they always have fun events going on. Uh, Last month, they had their Dark Beer Festival. Uh, Coming up soon, they have a Fat Tuesday celebration where they will have... Some of the best Cajun food in the state of Kansas and some special themed beers and cocktails to celebrate Fat Tuesday. So if you're in Manhattan or heck, might be uh, a little uh, good use of a day off. Just head down to the happiest place in the world, Manhattan, Kansas, and check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Before uh, I give you guys the floor, uh, I'll just get my two cents out there on the... game. Um, I will let all of you guys talk uh, the Oklahoma game and the Texas game as well. Uh, But yeah, uh, I'll give you guys the floor after that. Uh, I'll just say this about uh, especially that second half versus Oklahoma. um, It it was uh, right when you think you've kind of hit rock bottom, they found a little bit more uh, from my perspective. It was disappointing. Uh, Oklahoma is not a good team. Uh, unlike Tex Tech, who is starting to find their seed legs, I don't think you can uh, find that silver lining with Oklahoma. They straight-up boat raced us in the second half. Now I understand how tough it is to win away from home, but losing those games back-to-back back, uh, really kind of puts a damper on things. Now, uh, when the season ends a month from now, a month and a half from now, two months from now, w- whenever the season ends, I don't think anyone is going to sit back here and say, oh, that was a disappointing season. Doesn't mean we're not in a very disappointing run right now. So that's my two cents. I'm going to go to you guys first. Uh, Let's start with Cole, Colorado Cole, live from the Rockies. Cole, uh, just give me any thoughts, rants, raves, uh, you know, just, you know, let it all out, vent. Uh, Any thoughts on the current state of K-State men's basketball?
4: I mean, it was almost like groundhog games. It looked like almost the same exact game. Just had some stints where we were playing some high-level basketball and then uh, really just looked like we didn't have the energy and looked like we chugged a gallon of milk at halftime. Um, so pretty disappointing to watch. Definitely concerning um, taking two losses in a row to the bottom of the conference. Not that they're bad teams, but just teams that we should be better than and we are better than. Um, So definitely frustrating. It does concern me. Just seems like our lack of energy. I'm not sure if it's, you know, something – to do with individual guys, or if we're just burnt out on the season. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not going to claim to know what it takes to be a Division One basketball player, but I'm sure it takes quite a bit of conditioning. Um, and I, I, I was kind of wondering, you know, a lot of these guys in the transfer portal, they're probably not getting a true offseason season. Strength and conditioning regimen as they're coming in. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that might be, you know, impacting our lack of energy as of late. Yeah, that's completely
3: fair. I, I think a lot of folks probably think the same thing. Let's go to uh, one half of my favorite K State podcast, the Aggieville Alley Cats. That is Ace Edwards, who um, may or may not be hopped up on cold medicine right now. Uh, I, I don't endorse taking anything over the recommended dosage on any medicine. But, hey, Ace, you do you, my friend. Uh, just give me your thoughts on uh, the state of the men's basketball program after the last two games.
5: You see, the thing is, this is the recommended dose. But if I had to to say exactly how I felt about these last two games, the first word that, that comes to mind is, is disappointing because you know we set up these expectations of you know tang said famously after the K game you, you have to you have to expect to win and you know part of expecting to win is being pissed off and frustrated whenever you lose so and it's not just the fact that we've lost it's it's how we've lost it's the fact that we basically come out will come out looking like one of the best teams in the country for about 5 minutes and then proceed to cough and vomit all over our shoes. And that that's just not like I, I don't want to I and they know, they know it's they know that's not acceptable, but you know it's it's not acceptable, especially when you set up these these expectations, you know, and it's it's everyone that needs to be a little bit better with it. There's no one person that you could pin it on. But I think that honestly makes it all the more frustrating. But you can be happy with where the season has gone so far, without, you know, without, and you can still be upset with how these last few games have gone because that's that's where I'm at. But you know, I'm, I'm just curious what everyone else.
3: Definitely, let's go to the coffee fiend Nick next. Nick, uh, just kind of walk me through Rance raves, uh, emotions with where you're sitting currently at the men's basketball.
1: Yeah, I think. I think Ace hit the nail on the coffin. I mean, it's, you know, Coach Tang said we expect to win. And, well, that's what I'm expecting. And when we're not providing uh, on what you said, it's kind of disappointing, frustrating. Um, you know, I wasn't able to watch the Oklahoma game due to military obligations, but the uh, when I saw the, my ESPN app and saw the score, my first thought was WTF seriously, this is one of the bottom teams in the conference and what are we doing? Um, it, it's just frustrating. And I know uh, this is our first rebuild year or elevation, right? Um, but when we beat KU and we're you know, set up to be in the top half of the conference now, after that, it's, it's just frustrating. And I just want them to figure it out because like uh I don't know if you said it before, cool uh Groundhog Day of this is starting to come back to Bruce Weber days, right after Dean, Barry, and Cam left. And it was not very fun basketball.
5: Yeah,
3: I, I, I'm not quite ready to go that far, but uh something that we now have to worry about it, especially uh depending on how the next two home games go, uh, we could be staring at playing uh, that dreaded Wednesday session in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, you could be playing in that 7-10 game um, if you don't grab a couple wins here uh, real soon. So uh, we'll go to Ethan, then Emma Elvis, and then we'll go to Justin. We'll go to the ambassador. Uh, just kind of walk me through the emotions uh, during this whole stretch. So... I don't want to give credence to the people saying that this
0: is just the Weber days all over again, but I do have a question for you. Where, where, where is man? What state is Manhattan in again? Uh, that'd be. Well, you could have convinced me that it was in misery. Cause I'm in misery right now, sir. And um, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And um, you know um, I, I do think there is some prudence to the, not being um, the transfers, not having some, some of the conditioning, but, um, I'm going to save all my happy thoughts for other, other.
3: Yeah, that's fair. A- again, I, I, I don't, we will be dancing. I, I think we probably like in a worst case scenario world, if we were to lose out and lose in the first round of the big 12 tournament, um, I still think we end up squeaking into the tournament. We will be dancing. Um, so I, I do want to, as much as I've, really uh been frustrated i i do think we have to uh you know not go too far again I, i'm all about the expect one i'm still pissed off uh but uh I, I i agree um i'll save some of the happier stuff for later but i i think we we, we don't need to quite get to the bruce weber stuff quite yet we'll go Ma Elvis and then uh just what a difference
6: a week makes Last week, you asked us to give our pick for who was going to be the Big 12 champion. I had K-State tying for the championship with Texas, and then you lose to the two bottom teams in the league, and we're hoping now, I'm the eternal optimist, but hoping that we can scrape together enough wins going forward to end up in the top half of the league, so that's a... A gigantic drop. It's so painful because we've seen this, the good version of this team. And now we're seeing the horrible version of this team where they look lost. They look like they've forgotten how to play basketball. KJ looks worn out and defeated and maybe along for the ride is a good way to put it for the Oklahoma game. Um, And yeah, we can say, oh, you shot lights out and they won't ever do it again. For the season, they were making about a third of their threes. Thirty some percent.
3: Worse than the Big Twelve,
6: I worse than the Big Twelve. And then they go and make two-thirds of their three pointers and put up a boatload of them. And you you can't beat a team like that. They had so many open look threes because our defense went to sleep or were out of position, forgot how to play, whatever it was. So I think uh, the eternal optimist in me coming back out now, I think this team is in a slump. They've got to find their way out of it. If their best basketball is ahead of them, let's see it because this is the time to start playing ball when you get into the last half of February and into the month of March. Um, I just think that, uh cap fans that are giving up on them too bad this is this is a tang elevated team and we've got great things to look forward to good players coming in next year mixing with the ones that we will have left and yes we will lose a lot of scoring uh you mentioned that on on a recent podcast how how much scoring we're going to lose but i think the team has some life left in them and Tang and Company just need to go find it.
3: Yeah, I, I hear. you. I don't. I don't know. And and anyone can chime in if what I'm about to say uh, seems wrong. I don't know if I've actually seen anyone truly check out or say, "Oh, they're done with this season." Um, and, and people can correct me uh, if you have seen that. I, I've seen a lot of frustration with the last few games, but I don't think I've I've quite seen that. And then uh, to your point, uh, look you're about to play in front of the sold-out Bramwich Coliseum the next two games. If there's ever a time to get right, now is the time uh, before you have those final two games uh, in March, and then it's postseason play. So uh, uh, I, I hear you, Ema Elvis. We'll end this question uh, with Justin, uh, and, and I wanted to end with Justin because uh, he, he got on me for some of my pessimism, uh, which is completely fair. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I want to see what he has to say. We'll, we'll see if he can uh, get everyone good vibes uh, before before we kind of move on and hopefully leave the bad vibes in the uh, rearview mirror.
2: What was the question? I just got the email that I got a snow day tomorrow, so I'm hey. pumped up.
3: Congratulations, my man. That's your first of the year, right?
2: Yep, first one. Girls have the day out tomorrow, too, so we're going to be kicking it. It's going to be a good day.
3: Hell, yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully, you know, you keep the vibes high, but we're just kind of going around and uh, getting everyone's uh, opinions, emotions, venting about uh, the last two games especially. But, you know, you seem to be uh, a lot more calm than most people because you wanted to try to put me in my place a couple times. <laughs>
4: well, i.
2: No, it's just, I don't know. Basketball is different from football. You know, you lose one game in football and it means so much, right? And then you transition into basketball and there's just so many games and you're going to lose lots of games each year. Even if you're a good team, even if you're a great team, you're still going to lose games. So I try not to get too worked up, like, you know, in these spans of games where we're not playing so well, which we've been in one. But I know Emile Elvis talked about, could the ba- their best basketball be ahead of them? I don't think that's a possibility. I think K-State's best basketball this season happened in early January. But I also think that they could still play less than that and still have a really successful end of the season in the Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament. And that's probably why I'm not getting so pissed off because like you said, we're going to be in the tournament. So like we haven't done that in a while. So just doing that makes me happy. So it's hard for me to get super pissed off in the grand scheme of things, even when we are in these low times of not playing very well.
3: Yep, I hear you. We'll just go rapid fire for the next two. Uh, You you guys can go as in-depth or as surface level as you want. Saturday, we have a home game with Iowa State, and then I believe it is the following Tuesday, uh, a rematch with maybe the hottest team in the Big 12, the Baylor Bears. So you can just tell me, uh two-and-o, one and one, oh and two. What is your prediction? We'll start with ace.
5: I mean, Iowa State's kinda in their their own little miniature free fall. So I think this is kind of a a get right, get a little bit of momentum game for for both squads. So I, I do think K-State ekes it out because I do think Bramlage, I do think they typically play a lot better at Bramlage, they being the the men's catskill team. Uh Baylor were fucked. So uh, I'll just I'll just say one.
3: There you go. Speaking of K-State Baylor, the K-State women are currently up at half uh versus Baylor in Bramlage Coliseum. Uh yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go to Colorado Cole next uh, Cole uh two big ones. Uh, I'll say this, if someone would have given me the metaphorical uh, ch- uh trade-off have to lose to the two bottom of the barrel big 12 teams and you, and you beat Baylor and Iowa state, I would have said, yes, are we going to make that trade? or Are we going to drop one?
4: Um, You know, I would probably take that trade as well. Um, <clears throat> Especially just given the depth of the league this year, you know, it's, it's an ugly loss, but not, not, not the worst loss we've seen K-State take in the past few years. Um but uh I'm going to have to agree with Ace. I do not see us beating Baylor. They are really hot right now and I think they're going to win the league. So I, I I see us really struggling that game, but I do think we're going to beat Iowa State. We'll go
3: to EMA Elvis next. EMA Elvis uh what uh what do you got?
6: You know I always say two and up, but this time I'm not going
3: to. Time out. Nick, you need to mute your mic, buddy.
1: Oh, my bad. I think the water dripped on the uh, phone doing dishes here.
3: You're good. You're good. All right, Ema
6: Elvis, you like to go two notes? Sounds like you're going one and one. I'm going one and one. Iowa State cannot win on the road, and we're going to keep that streak going for them. But Baylor is uh, having their best basketball right now, so we can't compete with that, in my opinion.
3: We'll go to the ambassador, and then we'll go to dish boy Nick. Uh, ambassador, two, two big home games, uh, you know, got to go one game at a time, but we're not on the team, so we can talk about both.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0, and, oh, and it's only because the K-State Proud men's basketball game is the Baylor game. So you know the boys are going
3: to show out for the Proud game, and we're going to win a, the best game. Good deal. And then uh if people are willing or able to donate to a great cause, please check out K-State Proud. We'll go to Dishboy Nick. Nick, what's your prediction for the next?
1: Day? Uh I know. I think we're we're gonna win against Iowa State, but it's a toss-up for me, uh for Baylor. Um let's eke it out. Let's go two and oh, baby.
3: There we go. We we got a couple two and O's. We'll go Justin and then Will before we move on. Uh, Justin, I, I know you'll be in Bramlage for both those. I know I'll be there at least for Iowa State, maybe Baylor as well. Uh, what do you got? What's the?
2: I'm predicting one and one, but I, I don't know how it's going to be either. Either way would not be a surprise with how this season.
3: I, I gotta say I'd be surprised if we beat Baylor, but lost versus Iowa State. But uh, hey, you know what? I, I'd probably take one and one, no matter how it came at this point. Uh, well, man, well, yeah. we, we beat
2: we beat at Texas and at Baylor and lost to fucking Texas Tech and Oklahoma. So I mean, this shit's crazy. Anything
3: that is true, anything can happen. Uh, but you know, as as Jerome Tang even pointed out. Early in the season, we were just uh, outscoring teams. We weren't beating them. We were outscoring them. Well, we, we currently are not outscoring anyone, so that's kind of why I'm uh, at the point where I don't I don't think we can roll with how hot Baylor is. But hey, you know what? Maybe they have a monumental collapse. Maybe they come out cold. You never know. That's why they play the game. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll go with uh, Will next. Will, what's your prediction
7: for the next two? Oh, my heart wants to say two and zero, but after these last couple games, it's kind of hard to stay optimistic. But I, I feel like we got a pretty good shot with Iowa State being not so great on the road, and then um, it being at home. I, I'm going to say one.
3: There we go. All right, let's move on to a much happier topic uh Colin Klein decides he is going to stay at home in Manhattan Kansas as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for your Kansas State Wildcats I talked a lot about this on the episode that dropped on Monday and I I just gotta say since I dropped that episode um some folks have reached out uh you know I'm not gonna try to play Big J or anything but um I'm I'm a little surprised. Like, I am very pleased with how great the offense looked, uh, especially in Big 12 play last year. But the more and more I talk about it, the more and more that gets out there, people are coming to me. People are coming to folks uh, who cover K-State, who talk about K-State. And it, they're folks from outside Purple Land. It is outside even the Big 12. And Colin Klein truly has seen a meteoric rise to be considered one of these kids of offensive mind football. One of these uh, coaches that are going to be uh, considered some of the hottest names in the game of college football for years to come. And uh, the more and more you hear from folks outside of K state uh, talking this highly of Colin Klein, it, it becomes seemingly a bigger and bigger thing that he chose to stay at K-State. My emotions are through the roof. I think anyone who is a longtime listener of the show knows I was skeptical of hiring him in the first place. Um, I was very nervous, especially coming out of that Tulane game. But basically, from that Oklahoma game on, uh, he has done next to no wrong. And uh, I, I think it is a very exciting time to have a coach who is this highly thought of, calling plays for your team and oh he just so happens to be one of the most legendary players ever to put on the power cat. Um so I've put all my emotions out there. I put all my thoughts out there. Uh and I'm still buzzing because uh folks who kind of saw my cryptic tweets, I was I was pretty low there for a while uh before I before I, w- I got the news that Colin Klein does in fact bleed purple. Um, so walk me through your guys's thoughts and emotions uh, while this story was breaking and just overall thoughts on uh, what the future could hold for, uh, you know, Optimus Klein himself, Colin Klein. We'll start with Ace Edward.
5: I mean, I kind of tweeted a little bit about it where I think I just said something the effect of no matter what happens, I just hope there isn't a massive scheme change because if I saw option routes and an under center offense ever again, I, I may just walk in the middle of the ocean and never return. But I was, I was kind of in cope mode where I was just kind of making myself okay with no matter what happened. But as soon as the the news dropped that he was going to be staying at K-State, I was super excited just because of the, the dimensions that he was able to add to the offense. And I I always say, and a lot of people always say that being a a good offensive coordinator is just being a good thief. And yeah, Colin Klein was a very good thief, except for when he stole the the smoked sausage play from the Chiefs that won't die. Which fun fact was actually a Bill Snyder play call first, in like the '90s. But it just watching him develop as a play caller, especially after the Tulane game, it's almost like someone gave him like a Dev trade upgrade after Tulane, but. I was so excited because of how he's learned how to implement punches and counter punches to the offense. So it's awesome that he's back. And I understand why it was.
3: We'll go to Colorado Cole next Cole. I know you bleed purple and it's nice to see a coach turn down quite possibly an extra million dollars to stay at his alma. Mater. Um,
4: yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, if he's really turning down an extra million dollars, that just says to me we need to figure out a raise because there's no way we should be falling that short of what someone else is offering him. Um, Let me just say allegedly just to cover
3: my bases.
4: Okay. Allegedly in the ballpark of a million dollars. We we definitely need to address that, and I am sure that is – happening um it is a little bit concerning to me that we haven't seen that happen yet um but i'm not an athletic director a, at a power 5 school so i have no idea what actually goes into that um but i mean there was a point all that was going down it seemed like in such a short amount of time all this was happening i was kind of thinking if we can't Find a way to keep a coordinator, uh, like like Colin Klein, on our staff. Someone who, uh, his number is gonna be retired, and is is gonna be a, a name that carries a lot of weight for the history of our football program, and is has been devoted to our school, and is a very uh humble person, you know, if we can't keep someone like that on staff, in my mind, there is no coordinator that is gonna bleed more purple than someone like Colin Klein. So it just felt like if we lost him, we were never gonna be able to keep anyone that had some, you know, sign of success. Um but obviously we don't have to worry about that, at least for one more year. Um so it's great to see him come back. Um, I think it's going to be great for recruiting. Um, you know, I think we're going to build on the momentum we got, but you know, we don't know how long he's going to stay here. If people keep, keep sniffing around Colin Klein. Um, so, you know, we got to take advantage of, you know, the time that we do have him and we have a pretty solid roster, some great quarterbacks in that QB room. I think we need to uh, strike while the iron's hot and uh, make another run at a couple Big 12 times.
3: Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, I-, I enjoyed my time in Arlington. I'd love to go back again early December of 2023. Let's go to Will, and then we'll go uh, Ambassador Ethan. Will, what are your thoughts, my friend?
7: Talk about a roller coaster of emotions. When I first... Solid. I was I was upset and selfishly so, um, but the more I let it sink in, when when I, we had heard that he was in talks, I was at the point where I I, I resonated with one of your tweets. I mean, it was uh, you you can't can't blame him for for going there. Um, it was kind of essentially where, yeah, I wanted him to stay, but who could blame, you know, who could blame anyone for taking that job and I kind of went to sleep thinking that wake up the next day and read the reports. I was behind too since I'm on night shift, so uh I get into work and I open it up and I just yell at the top of my lungs. And uh so so much so that the supervisors in the next office were like, "Hey, is everything all right?" Um but yeah, I I couldn't be more stoked about it cuz it's an understatement to say that he has contributed a ton to this program and kind of like, um, Ace said, you know, he is an out, he's out, he's essentially outside the box when it comes to his plays as well. We saw it when he started with LSU and then kind of worried that it was going to go back to previous, previous times during like, you know, up to Tulane but um, then we started to see the variety of plays. And even more so, not so much like stealing the plays, but scheming off of them as well. A person can be a great play grabber, but you have to scheme off of those formations as well. And so I couldn't be more happy. Ethan, and then we will
3: go to Ima
0: yeah, not to flex my arrogance of youth too much, but this is my like this is the Gen Z quarterback. This is my guy. Ever since I started following um, K-State football, Klein has been ever present with the program. So to see him succeed like this is just the, the coolest thing in the world. But be able to, and it, it really tells me just how how good everything with the program is right now, and like the fact that it really, it it also really says just how good AJ is, because like if I'm Notre Dame, um, I'm trying to get Klein and to maybe get AJ as well. So for them to try and go get him even after the recruiting cycle had closed, um, tells me a lot about how good this is. And if I'm Notre Dame, Colin Klein has to be like like the 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 Grim Reaper of our program because. You know, when we were when when uh, Colin was in college, Manti Te'o had his thing go down, and now now he's an offensive coordinator. They lose to Marshall. It's just like a bad. Colin Klein is the bad omen of North Dakota, or not uh, not of Notre Dame. And you know they they miss on Avery Johnson. They miss on Dylan Edwards. So Colin Klein kills.
3: Yeah, uh we should uh we should go up to Indiana and uh kidnap Joe Otting and bring him back. I'm kidding. That's a felony. Uh that's a joke. Uh we'll go to Ema Elvis and we'll go to Nick.
6: Hey, it's very flattering for a blue blood like Notre Dame with their history to pick our offensive coordinator and say we want you. And it's so cool that Colin Klein is a true cat. Whatever money they offered him, he turned down and said, no, I want to, I bleed purple. And he literally left blood on the field uh, at K-State every week that he played. Um, but the guy, uh, coming back is gigantic for us and for him, I think, um, he created some leverage for getting more money than he was making last year. but we have to be honest, it's a better springboard to a head coaching position if you're the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame.
3: Well, maybe he's holding out um, for uh, Chris Common to retire at 60, and he's just going to stay here forever. I mean, who knows? Hey,
6: perfect scenario, <laughs> would not it? Yeah, well,
3: I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd be fine if Chris Common wanted to coach a little bit longer. I would, I would So, uh, But, no, it, it, it is exciting. It is exciting. We'll go Nick. Uh, the uh, the dish boy uh, doing the dishes, and then we'll go to Justin. Hey man,
1: They need to be done. So, anyways, Colin, Klein. I think just that just goes to show, um, on a bigger picture, what Chris Kleinman has been able to do um, as a head coach and develop uh, his assistance in the sense where he can make an educated decision and go be a coordinator for a bigger school and a blue bud in a sense but that just uh like you said on the episode the Colin Klein's true colors and he bleeds purple um I can't wait to see what he can scheme up uh, coming years with the talent we got coming in and um yeah CK uh I first see him being the head coach hopefully at Kansas State one day but he will be a head coach somewhere else somewhere
3: We'll go to Justin, and then we got Steve who is here, Uh, so then we'll go to Steve. So, Justin, uh, thoughts on the uh, Colin Klein saga and how happy are you that he is still going to be calling plays for the cat?
2: I'm not really sure there's too much more to add from what's already been said, but, you know, Colin Klein's a pretty smart dude, and I'm sure he's looking at all of this through the lens of not money. Like he's looking at fit. He's looking at his own readiness. I bet there's a part of him that was just like, I'd rather stay at K-State because he's still really, really early in all this. And if he really likes what, you know, Chris Klein's doing, then it makes sense for him to want to stay there and just continue to get good at what he's doing before, you know, maybe he
6: looks at going somewhere.
3: There you go. We'll go to Steve next. Uh, one of the uh, great musicians uh, of, you know, our time, honestly.
8: That makes my heart very full. Um, <clears throat> what if we had missed out on Avery Johnson? Do you think Klein would have stayed?
3: Honestly, uh, this, is, this is what I'm going to say. I would hope that an individual uh, player who hasn't even taken a snap in college uh, wouldn't affect that. But here's the thing. Uh, Avery Johnson – quite possibly and this is putting a lot on a kid like i said who's just 18 uh you know he's taking some of his first college classes um he he is if you're looking at uh just the level of uh recruit he is at the position he's at i i don't think it's an understatement to say he's the most important recruit k-state football has maybe ever brought in um so I, i think I think it probably has at least a little bit to do with it. And honestly, here's the other thing. Uh, Avery Johnson also told Notre Dame to fuck off. So I I think that there is uh, some sort of synergy between the two guys. So um, as much as I'd like to say, no, it has nothing to do with it. It has more to do with some other stuff. Um, I don't think you can discount how important uh, Avery Johnson is uh, to the future of K-State
8: I uh, I mean, I just thinking hypothetically, there's no way this timeline would work out realistically. But if Avery was like had just taken a visit to Notre Dame about the same time that Klein was getting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, pursued by them, uh, if they would have like been able to talk and decide to go there together, if that would have been way more on the table for Klein to do, but it is just crazy to me that I believe the. Um, behind the scenes, sources were saying that Klein still isn't going to make a million dollars a year, even after this whole thing. Whereas Notre Dame was offering over one and a half million, like that is a significant amount of money to stay home and just hope that one day it leads to a head coaching gig, even though it possibly could if you tip however many years in Notre Dame is the OC or whatever. Yeah, so
3: again, this is allegedly for me, my words, this is allegedly. It was going to be between $1.6 and $1.8 million at Notre Dame. and It sounds like he's going to be around 800000 uh when the new contract details are released here. Probably by end of next week, about 10 days, um, all allegedly. Uh, Notre Dame did have to promote their tight end, it sounds like, to being the play caller. Uh, so maybe they weren't as high as... Uh, some folks were trying to float out there, uh, but those were allegedly the figures I had allegedly been told in my alleged Twitter DMS from allegedly someone who would allegedly.
8: <laughs> that was really fun. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, I don't know. It is insane that he's staying. I really hope that it is like a, a for reasons that are like, I, I just, it's weird for me to, think of Klein never going somewhere else but then still becoming head coach here like it seems like that's kind of a necessary step but I'm happy if that doesn't happen and he ends up you know staying here for his entire career assuming that goes successfully that'd be amazing are you discounting the season he spent at Northern Iowa I might be yes Okay. No disrespect. Was it? What was he? Quarterback. Quarterback.
3: I believe he was the quarterback's coach at Northern Iowa for a season. Before
8: that's basically like when Stoops left to learn under um, Home uh, Solich, right? Not Solich.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the old ball. Oh, Spurrier. Yes. Spurrier.
8: Thank you, Jesus yes, Christ.
3: yes, yes. That is exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, folks. I, I. I don't think. I don't think it can be underestimated, and also. Uh, some of the stuff you're, you're starting to hear come out, uh, not only about, you know, why recruits are coming to K-State, but, but why guys like Cooper Beebe decided to come back. Um, some of the stuff Will Howard is doing behind the scenes. Um, I, I don't think it can be underestimated. And I think sometimes culture gets thrown around as a buzzword, um, you know, for two different things. When, when results are going well on the field or court, Culture is thrown around like, oh, has the golden goose. This is, you know, everything we could have hoped for. Everything's great. And then uh, at the same time, when results aren't going your way, it's uh this idea of a scapegoat and all that type of stuff. So uh take everything whenever you hear culture talked about, I I would always look at it with that uh point of view, that lens. But it sounds like Something truly special is happening inside the walls of Veneer right now. And uh, I, I think we're on uh, uh, we're, we're on the ascension. I don't think this Big 12 championship this past year, I don't think this was the peak. I, I just think this is part of the journey uh, for this new era of K-State football. That said, today is February 15th, one day after Valentine's Day. So I thought, all right, we're going to at least, uh, I don't know if we'll end the show. It depends on how quickly we, we go through this one. I wanted to spread a little bit of love and uh, I think we've done something like this in the past, but you know what? This is my uh, creative way to work in the recent holiday celebrating love. So I want to know your favorite K-State football player, your favorite K-State men's basketball player, then also your favorite non-revenue sport. It can be volleyball. It can be baseball. It can be uh, women's basketball. It can be track and field, any of them. I just want to spread some love around. And uh, you know, just kind of here. You can give me like a one sentence why they're your they're your favorite, why you love them. Um, we'll just kind of stay in the spirit of love for at least another uh 10 to 15 minutes before I change all my decorative tea towels and hand towels from Valentine's to Easter and Spring. So let's start with let's start with Steve because I'm sure he has uh, this locked and loaded, whether he knew the question was coming or not. Steve, I want to know, this is all time. Ace. I see it in the uh, mentions. This is all time, your all time favorite. Uh, so Steve, I want you to spread some love, football,
8: men's basketball, and non reverend uh, Easy. <clears throat> Ironically enough, Colin Klein is my favorite player, like even if he never became a coach or if he was a terrible coach. Conkline is my favorite K-State player of all time. Uh, I think about when his shoulder was about to fall off uh, the week leading up to the Texas a and game that went four overtimes. Um, the shots they give you to numb the pain last roughly uh, half of football. So when it went to four overtimes, it was just not there at all. He's just playing through all the pain. And holy shit, I you know you could be playing terribly at the end of that, and I would still just be amazed by the toughness it takes to get through that. Um, that's one examples of just showing toughness and loyalty, obviously, as we just talked about, um, from Klein to K-State. For basketball, um, I want to say the easy answer is Poland for the same reasons of being tough and just willing the team to win. Uh, But honestly, like Michael Beasley in one season had possibly the best basketball season of any player in college basketball of all time. First in rebounds per game, third in points per game, Across, like, D1, D2, and D3, I believe. Uh, It's impossible not to just love that dude Um, and consider him, like, the best player to ever play here. And I will say baseball is number one with a bullet, non-revenue in sport uh, for me. Just the intensity of, like, bases loaded in the ninth. Like, those, every pitch in in a situation even close to that is so uh, high-tense, high-intensity, like, so much writing on every single pitch. It is just the most fun I have watching something. that's not basketball, or football by a lot. Yeah. And who's your all time favorite back cat then? Uh, I, man, it's weird. Even with like the Royals seasons uh, when they're, you know, going to the world series and winning them. I just, it's really tough for me to see individuals. Um, it is just such a team oriented, like talk about culture for a team. Like it, just seems like the culture is what I've become a fan of. Does that register at all? Yeah, no, that, that's completely fine. No,
3: thank you, uh, Steve, and uh, I love those answers. Let's go uh, Let's go to Justin next. Justin, uh, all-time favorite football player, men's basketball player, and then your favorite athlete from a non-revenue sport.
2: Favorite athlete from a non-revenue sport?
3: That can be your third one. You can football and basketball first.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, Colin Klein, Jacob Hullen, those are easy. And then – I don't know. I'd probably have to say like oldie or Wecker or although that, uh, what's the, what's the volleyball gal's name that we have this year. Aaliyah. What is her name?
3: A- Aaliyah Carter.
2: Oh, she gets up, bro. She is fun. to.
3: She had a rough season this year. Uh, but she, yeah, she, her, her freshman and sophomore seasons were great. Uh, let's go to ACE
5: next. You caught me in the middle of typing a message. um,
3: Nope, you're fine. We'll go to Ema Elvis, and then we'll come back to you, Ace.
6: Okay. Uh, I am going to look my Darren Sproles bobblehead in the eyes and tell you that he is my favorite all-time football player at K-State. Um, the first time I saw Darren Sproles, Juka Oklahoma State Cowboy defender, out of his jockstrap at the goal line, when he was a freshman, I thought this kid is going to be fun to watch and he's going to be somebody someday. Uh, I I love players with a chip on their shoulder. And, of course, he was under-recruited because he was undersized and always told that he wouldn't be able to make it as a D1 football player and then he wouldn't make it as an NFL player. And he was out to prove everybody wrong. But the dude was loaded with talent, so much fun to watch um and watching him at the Big 12 championship just blister Oklahoma who was number 1 in the nation at the time uh and K-State was supposed to get blown out in that game but K-State won that 35 to 7 because of Darren Sproles getting over 230 yards i think it was um uh, of offense and afterward, I remember Bill Snyder watching ABC television uh, on YouTube uh, many, many times since then, and seeing Bill Snyder in the post-game on-field interview with ABC sideline reporter calling for Heisman votes for Darren Sproles. I thought, uh, that, that's unBill-like, but Sproles deserved it for basketball. Jacob Pullin, another guy with the chip on his shoulder, because. Being from Chicagoland and he wasn't recruited by the head coach at Illinois and it pissed him off. That guy happened to be named Bruce Weber, Um, but he played his butt off for K-State and was a scoring machine and just played like a mean bulldog. Uh, I I love uh, that guy. Peyton Williams would be my pick for the non-revenue sport. Topeka girl started for the volleyball team, started for the basketball team. Uh, I know her family. She's playing basketball in Hungary right now. Uh, so Peyton Williams would be my favorite non-revenue sport player.
3: Yeah, I, I think Peyton Williams is someone who probably deserves to be talked about, uh, you know, as a all-sport uh, Mount Rushmore type. Um, that's hard to do.
6: People don't do that much anymore.
3: Well, and, and also keep in mind, she I, I, I think she probably could have been first team all Big 12 in either one of those sports if she dedicated it to her uh, to that. I, I remember hearing an interview. I can't remember if it was Mitch Fortner or John Kurtz or uh, who. I, I don't know who did it, but it was on the game. And her talking about everything that goes into uh, that switch right when the volleyball season ends, Going into basketball, how her diet completely changed, how everything with her weight training programs had to change, like on a dot, and how different it is to get your body ready for those different sports. The fact that she, uh, you know, when it counted most, started for the basketball team and she was starting uh, basically the entire season for volleyball, And, and this wasn't a one year thing either. Uh, I, I, I truly believe she probably deserves Mount Rushmore type, uh, you know, conversation. So I'm glad you. Uh, all right, we will go next to Ace and then we'll go to.
5: See, football is actually pretty hard because I want to go with either the personal connection or my favorite story. But I th- I think I'm going to go personal connection. And that's Alex Barnes. Uh, we went to same high school. Had a couple conversations. He's a massive Dragon Ball Z fan, fun fact. But, yeah, Alex Barnes is probably my favorite player of all time just because he was such a cool dude. A really humble, really awesome dude to talk to. Uh, basketball, I'm probably just going to go with the the default answer of... Actually, you know what? No, I, I really like Xavier Sneed because of the video that came out. I think it was during the COVID season of... No, it was before then, of him sharing wristbands with with a young fan so that kind of elevated him to me in that in that younger fandom and then in terms of favorite non-rib athlete it it's actually a current athlete and that's Kalen culpepper from the baseball team who for the first time i saw him being used as an advertise like one of the the players they used to advertise for the baseball team and i was so unbelievably happy 'Cause I think he genuinely may be the most underrated athlete at K State.
3: Good answer. Uh Batcats, I think either uh, start this weekend or it'll be next week. It's it's coming up soon. It's this weekend. There you go. If if you're a Batcats fan, be sure to tune in to uh, Aggieville Alley Cats. I think they cover them uh, the Batcats better than anyone in the K State media game, whether it be small J or Big J uh let's go we'll go with colorado cole and then we'll go to ambassador ethan cole uh all-time favorites colorado cole
0: we'll go to ethan
3: we're going to ethan cole if uh you're hearing this just drop it in the chat we'll come back to you otherwise i hope everyone
0: yeah so um personal one for me um brian cavanaugh was my youth group leader growing up so shout out brian um for football for basketball um you know i i I was a big tunnel dance kid so i i still watch the will spradling video a lot so um big inspiration to me and then non-revenue sport um i love the meat judging team just because um, it's not really a sport, but it's like it's a team. And I, I really like that. But player, I went to the same high school as Shailen Martin. So.
3: There you go. I love it. Shout out to the uh, meat judging team. It is an absolute dynasty. I uh, will go, Will, and then Nick, and then Cole, if you hear me uh, and you want to jump in, let me know. Otherwise, you know, we're just hoping that uh, everything's fine. You're just taking a nap. Uh, will, what do you got?
7: So for football, uh, probably going to have to go with Darren Sproles. Um, I was a junior, senior in high school. I remember doing a speech, on, uh, speech report on him as a running back, but um, I also got to walk across the 50-yard line with him I, when I was being recruited. Um, Joe Bob Clements was the recruiter. Um, <clears throat> so, I I mean, that just absolutely made my month during that time. And then for basketball, um, I'm going to have to go with Michael Beasley. Um, I've, I've always liked him, his, his attitude <laughs> and everything about him. And then for oh, non-revenue, I'm going to have to go with um, – and baseball, and someone may have to help me out here. It was two thousand eight, the third baseman. I think it was Nate um, Ten tenbrick, Tenbrink. Um probably would have been my favorite there.
3: Awesome, I love it. Uh, we'll go to Nick, and since we haven't called, I think this will be the uh, last one for tonight.
1: Side note: um, <clears throat> I used to play basketball with Shaylen Martin's brother. Um, we played in the same league together. So, fun fact. Uh, no, football, more well, I would have to say Jordy Nelson, um, just a small-town kid making big dreams happen. And then basketball, yeah, Jacob Poland. and then non-revenue sport. Um, since I ran track in uh, high school and college, um, I'd have to say Eric Canad, the All-American.
7: And yeah. – and-
1: yeah, I was just about to say. I'm, I'm pretty sure
3: his medal got upgraded because the uh, Russian who beat him uh, was doping. So I, I think he might technically be either a silver or gold medalist now. I,
1: actually, I believe he won the silver. Uh, looking it up now, but anyways, I'll put it in the.
3: Yeah, so I, I think it got upgraded because the uh, Russian who finished in front of him uh, was doping. Uh, so that's a that's another great one. I. I I think he belongs on the Mount Rushmore as well. So good shout out there. Uh, That's all we have today, folks. Um, Yeah, I had fun. I hope you guys did too. Two massive basketball games coming up before uh, we'll hopefully have another live show uh, next Wednesday at 7 PM. We'll see what's going on. Uh, We're going to, the streak is still alive. Uh, We've, we've done a lot of live shows and, It would not still be going if it wasn't for the participation of all the boneheads and uh, everyone who downloads and listens and enjoys these. So uh, a little bit of uh, late Valentine's Day love to everyone who participates in these live shows, especially, and then also the ones who uh, listen to them and and tell me how much you enjoy listening to this show every week. Um, But that's all we have for this week. Like I said, two big uh, basketball games. Uh, Here soon we'll be bringing on one of the fan favorites as uh, a guest, Drew Galloway from K-State Online. We will be talking uh, some K-State recruiting here at some point. Uh, I'm kind of holding out uh, for a formal announcement on those football contracts and the wide receivers coach. Uh, I won't say who it is. Uh, Football Scoop had something out there. Nothing quite official yet, and I know there's uh, some content behind uh paywalls on it as well. Um so I'm trying to hold on uh that next uh conversation with Drew until all this coaching stuff is finalized. Uh a couple possible big uh interviews if you guys listen to the QA uh from earlier in the week. You know there is one big one that almost happened recently trying to get that back on the books. Uh it, it could be an all-timer. Um but yeah outside of that Got some big games and big stuff. Spring ball right around the corner. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, you know, Chauncey, the good boy, he's been staring at me this entire show. He wanted me to wish you guys all a happy bel- Valentine's Day. Uh, and spring's gonna be here before you know it. So everyone stay safe with some of this weather. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I'm done talking. Uh uh. Me Maybe got it. Maybe have to get it. Oh yeah there there we go. There we go. I'm Batman. <laughs> Meet me at the Cathead. Meet Ethan, the ambassador, aka Batman at the Cathead.
5: Hail to the purple. Hail to the wise wild Cat in spear.
2: fight, UK State Wildcats, for Alma Mater
5: fights, glory in the combat for the purple and the white, faithful to our colors, we will ever be, a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory, fight, 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 fight.
8: Thank yeah. you. Yeah.